No. That's not it. Ah. There we go. They didn't ask us. Was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. And now, here are your hosts, Jay Crowder and John Mueller. The episode today brought to you by Deodorant. Deodorant. Because we care about the people around you. I feel like that's a shot at me personally, so that's kind of rude. <laughs> hey guys, welcome back to another episode of They Didn't Ask Us. We are so glad to have you back for episode number 12. We are up to number 12, and today we are going to be reviewing Sonic the Hedgehog. And not only are we going to be reviewing Sonic the Hedgehog, but we've actually got a special guest with us during the review portion of the episode oh should i not wow it's like we it's like that's the big thing of our podcast is we don't care about spoilers like just get that out of the way early <laughs> ruin the surprise forget forget what i said it's not antonio what banderas antonio banderas <laughs> that'd be awesome he's coming in for the interview oh, yeah we're going off the rails real how did, quick. how does he associate with sonic the hedgehog you'll, you'll find out later <laughs> <laughs> Spanish language translation. Yes, yes, we're that'd gone. be incredible. Oh gosh, uh, wouldn't that be great? So things, things they are happening, man. <laughs> things are happening. There's a lot of things that have happened. I, well, actually, not really. Like I honestly didn't record a whole lot of news for this week. This mainly feels like there are a lot of things that are going to happen. Yes. So it, a like lot of the, rumors, like the the screen test, the rumored screen test, or whatever. For uh, what are we calling him, Patman? What is his name? Because we had Batfleck. Oh yeah, Robert. What, what's what's Robert, Robert Pattinson's Batman Battinson? name? Battinson. I'm on board. Let's right. do it. Robert Battinson. Yeah. So they had the screen test. Did you watch the screen test? I I saw the clip, and it made me not want to watch the screen test because like the the not mask part of his face, right? The part we all knew was his face, right? Looked very good. It looked very strong. Very could be Batman. Chiseled jawline. Yeah. I mean, it looked really good. But everything like masking up, like I've heard, like in person, I have physically witnessed better cosplays than that. I was not impressed. Hmm. So you didn't like the bat signal at all. Okay. I thought the the crest on the suit being made from parts of the gun that killed his parents. Was oh, is super that what that was? Yes. Oh. That's a really interesting kind of twist to it. Ah, um, that makes more sense now. But at the same time, I feel like that's also like a huge structural weak point in a very important place from an armor perspective. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, that'd be a weak point because it's made up of different parts instead of one solid piece. Yeah. Okay, see, that makes more sense to me now. At first when I saw that, I thought it was like, he's a robot. Yep. And Cy- then, cyborg Batman. Yeah, and I was cyborg like, Cyborg Superman. He's a robot. Robot. Yes. I almost would rather prefer that to Battinson, but you know, here we are. <laughs> they, did, they didn't ask us, so. <laughs> or did they? We asked each other, actually. We, we did. <laughs> we did. Those were, uh, ugh. Uh, yeah, so that screen test, I mean, it was cool footage, too. Um, I saw somebody else later, like, they put it in black and white, which made it a lot more detailed, the visuals. And so it was a lot easier to see like the different edges of the suit. He actually he he has like a like shoulder pads almost. Like he's got like <laughs> armor. Sorry. Like uh, like 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 not like shoulder pads. Like, I was thinking like, like, like an eighties like dress. <laughs> yeah. No, not like that. No, the the kind that you see like on a like 
um, football or hockey. You know. So like, you're saying he's wearing hockey pads? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yes. So he's not. Maybe he's not the hero that we need he's, right now. He but might, he's the hero he, that we're getting. He he might be the Batman we deserve <laughs> after being spoiled with Nolan and then <clears throat> taking advantage of Batfleck. It's just too many Bat people. I'm I'm I don't know. You know, too, it's kind of like... Too many bats in the cave, like chefs in the kitchen. Yes. Although, many... bats in the cave also has a different meaning colloquially. It means you have a a, a nose <laughs> occupant. Right. You got a bat in the cave. Oh, oh man. I'm going to clean that, I'm gonna clean that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, too many bats in the cave. Uh, he just... I don't know. It's, it's, um, it's kind of like the way I feel about Star Wars. You know, Star Wars is an event. And, and so... In the same way, I feel like we're kind of just getting overrun by Batman. Almost in the same way, I'm we're in my son's room right now, and he's got Spider-Man all over the walls. So I kind of feel the same way about Spider-Man. But at the same time, though, you know, with the uh, with the Star Wars metaphor, we are kind of being over overwhelmed with Batman, like we've been overwhelmed with Star Wars. But we're not getting you know three different versions of Luke Skywalker True. in fifteen years. Yeah. We're getting, you know, with, with Star Wars at least, there ha- there has been an attempt to create the new characters. Yeah. So in that sense, if they had continued where the end of The Dark Knight Rises was, with the, the kind of the rumored Robin persona and all of that, then that's completely separate than like Batfleck, mm-hmm. who I was very skeptical of initially and grew to wonderfully appreciate. Physically, the- I feel like... Ben Affleck fit the Batman physically. Like he was a big dude. I also feel like he fit it he fit the tone of that Batman. The tone yeah. Because mm-hmm. like seeing some of his other movies, both as uh as a director and as an actor, he can work a darker tone better than I would think Pattinson can. I don't know what that means to say about the tone mm-hmm. of the new movie. But I'm hoping that there have been, well, it's not speculation anymore. It's been kind of confirmed they want it to be more of a noir-style detective movie, right? Yes, they have said that. So I would, like, that's super intriguing for me. Uh, on our way back from, from seeing Sonic, I talked about how I, I read and watched The Maltese Falcon when I was in college. And that's one of, like, the noir movies. I think Double Indemnity, I think, is still one of the noir movies um but stylistically you know you mentioned they had like someone had taken the screen test and put it in black and white yeah i would be interested to see if they were to make an extended preview basically Mm -hmm. in black and white yeah because i know when logan released on disc one of the editions came with logan noir Mm -hmm. and they just put it in black and white and i haven't watched that yet yeah because one of the trailers was originally in black and white and so I, I think a lot of us kind of got excited with the fact that this might be in black and white, and then of course it wasn't. But in a way, I can see how it would just... Well, and if you think about it, when was the last time you saw a black and white movie? Well, I guess it was The Artist. That's what I was thinking as well. Which and was... It was a great movie. It was like 2007, I oh, think. See, I felt... I didn't like it. I loved it. I thought it was weird. No, it was, it was later than 2007. It was... I think it won Best Picture 2010. Yeah, because I remember I was in college... Because Shay really liked it, and I was just kind of like, whatever about it. I, I remember really enjoying it, but that was also a number of years ago. Yeah. So, huh. who's to say? So, other news. 
Um, the new season of Clone Wars is supposed to release... Friday, right? Yeah. Well, not supposed to. It is releasing. Nice. Friday. Cool. So, I mean, the, the question that's up in the air now is, is it going to be a Mandalorian-style release with its one episode every week? Or is it going to be, you know, how, like, the Marvel Netflix shows were and drop all of them at once? I would love for them to drop all at once. I think most people would like for them to drop all at once, but I think they're going to do one week at a time. They'll probably do every Friday. Yeah. And the only reason I think that is because Disney's wanting to get as much money out of this as they can. You're going to have, you know, we're going to have to make sure that our uh, subscription to Disney Plus lasts longer than a month. But at the same time, though, there's always, there's been kind of that cynicism about Disney Plus already because, so Mandalorian was the, it was really the release show. Yeah. For Disney Plus, and it was, what, a little bit before Thanksgiving? Or was it the end of October? You know, honestly, I can't remember. So it was sometime last fall, and, you know, one of their big partners was Verizon. Verizon, you get a free year with unlimited plan. How many of their promised shows are they going to have released by then? Yeah. They'll have The Mandalorian, they'll have Clone Wars, but they're not going to be any obi-wan show which i don't even think has been confirmed yet i don't even think it's gonna release until sometime next year and falcon winter soldier is supposed to be the first marvel show to drop and it's not supposed to be until ambiguously fall right yeah in fact it it might even be around the same time as mandalorian so it would be oh you know everyone's year subscription is gonna end we're gonna have this marquee release to to keep people from dropping their subscriptions yeah so that's kind of the cynic in me questioning the timing of their productions yeah um but there's also you know the the fan in me that is unbelievably excited well and you know even though disney plus hasn't had a whole lot of exclusives you know they've had a few we we tried to watch um diary of a future president it was too girly for me i didn't care for it (laughs) but you know there's been some old shows that we've watched and then of course there's that all the marvel movies are on there now um, do they have all of them now, or are there still well, some most, licenses that are yeah, yet to expire? It's like most of them are on there. There's a few, yeah. There's a few that they've still said, on yeah, we can't, we don't have this because it's on a different streaming service right now. Yeah, and it won't be there until like this fall or whatever. We also watched Lion King, the live action, live action. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it was awful. I believe it. Oh my gosh. It was like line for line, word for word, a recreation of the cartoon. There was, I I would say 90% of it was probably exactly the same. I believe it. Yeah. Given the nostalgic nature of of our generation, people in their late 20s, early 30s, hearkening back to things of their childhood, that seems kind of inevitable with all of these remakes. So yeah. the, the, the difference is going to be the Mulan upcoming because it's not a musical. It's a straight up drama. And it lo- it really looks, except for the main plot, it looks completely different. Uh, I thought you were going to say, except for the main plot, it looks really good. And I was like, Jay, that's the most important part of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it does. I think it'll be good. When does that come out? Sometime in March, I think. I don't know. I'm still going to not see it out of protest. You're not going to see it? Nope. Oh, so we won't be reviewing it on this oh, podcast. I mean, you you could, similar to how I'll have a, a spiel on Birds of Prey today, because okay. I, I went and saw it. So okay. you can still go see it. All right. I'm not going to take that away from you. It just won't be our main focus. That's fair. Okay. Because we've got Skyfall coming up. 
Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. Oh. Yes. Oh, we walked into the theater today and we saw like they had one of those big cardboard, you know, standouts uh walking into the theater. The thing and was massive. It was huge. Like I think it was longer than my living room. But it's Daniel Craig coming out of the poster basically, like walking into the theater with you and yeah. I was like this is awesome. I'm so excited. Yeah, it looks cool. Anyway, moving on with the news, the only other thing that I really had that I'm kind of excited about is Indiana Jones, the fifth one, is going to start filming in two months. You mean the fourth one? Sure. The fourth one. I don't know if, have they officially said if they're like ignoring what happened in the last one? Because I've am. heard it's just I a, am. A, <laughs> It was so bad. It was, it was... <laughs> It was definitely not the best. Like, it made Temple of Doom look quality, and Temple of Doom is easily the weakest of the original See, three. See, that's funny you say that. I don't like the Temple of Doom, but my wife loves it. She thinks it's one of the best ones. Well, I mean, it's one of the top three. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> so so what is, the, what is the Indiana Jones news? Just that they're rumored to make another one? Well, it's not rumored, it's confirmed. confirmed. They are making another one. Yeah, and it starts filming in two months. That's excellent. Yeah, so I think that they will make up for what happened last time. But at the same time, to me, like, what else could they really have done? You know, because each each movie is, like, somewhat based on, like, something that actually exists. Right. And so... It was like, what else is there really to do? So they just were like, well, we could just talk about... El Dorado. El Dorado, City of Gold, but it turns out it's aliens. So... Yeah. I guess they just had to put that sci-fi twist on there. Well, and if you think about it, because, I mean, for me personally, the two best Indiana Jones movies are Last Crusade and Raiders of the Lost Ark. In that order? Not necessarily... I don't know. That's so hard for me. See, for me, it's in that order. Because Raiders is so good. Well, it's... And Last Crusade is so good. And they're miles above Temple of Doom and that other one. But the thing that stands out about them is that they're so much more grounded in quote-unquote realism than Temple of Doom or Crystal Skull. Yeah. So I don't know... Especially if you're going to age indie, like, is it going to be another Cold War era where you don't have the Nazis as the villain? Because they're, a, I would say, almost a very easy villain. See, I, I feel like, especially during the time of the Cold War, I feel like there were still plenty of Nazi supporters that were probably still around. So I'd almost enjoy him just going around the country hunting down Nazis. <laughs> so you're that new Amazon show, basically. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. I'm so tempted. I haven't even watched the second season of Jack Ryan. I don't know why I'm going to commit to other Amazon shows. Well, I'm finishing up the last season of um, Man in the High Castle. Which I was super interested in starting and then never did. I fin- I the f- There's four seasons. Okay. The first three are actually pretty good. This last one, I really cannot figure out where they're going with it. And I'm very confused. Well, I mean, it's probably a Game of Thrones situation when they've surpassed the source material and they're like, oh, no, yeah. we still have story. Right, because I what actually... Do we, what do we have to do? I've got the book. And it's it's a short story. Mm-hmm. It's like, seriously, about... I'm holding up my fingers as if everybody's going to be able to see it. it it's, <laughs> but it's it that seems, thick. It seems roughly it's like a little bit thicker than Animal Farm. Yeah, yeah, that's... Mm-hmm. 
which is a, a book. If you haven't read, you need to, based on where we are as a society. Yeah. But that's you know not. Yeah, kid, kids that are listening, it's a book. With, Do you know what a book is? With words and paper. I thought you were about to say in pictures, and I was like, your edition of Animal Farm was very different than mine. <laughs> mine did not have. I'm not sure. I want there to be pictures. The front cover. That's yeah. Yeah. Man, those were some evil-looking animals on that cover. Anywho. Because who, who wrote Man in the High Castle? Was it Philip K. Dick? It was. He has written so much. Robot. Let's see. Cy- Cyborg's Dream of Electric Sheep. Blade Runner. Is that one of That's his? Blade Runner. Yeah. Um, uh, he did Total Recall, didn't he? Because I, I, Robot, did. I Robot was Asimov. Yeah. But a lot of uh, A Scanner Darkly yeah. was Philip K. Dick. Uh-huh stylistically it seemed like a very interesting movie but i never saw it because it he's good he's got some good stuff and they're all short stories yeah. so they're very, they're fairly easy to read um but they're pretty cool man in the high castle if you don't know is um revisionist history yeah it's a uh, it yeah it's history where the nazis won the war instead of the allies and so um the nazis have taken over half of the u.s and then japan has taken over the other half and so, um, which would never have actually happened in real life, but it... That's the point of revisionist that's the point. history, yeah. is just what if. Yeah, and so it, it's actually a pretty cool concept, and the, the story's really cool. And the, and the show's been really good, too. But this last season, it's kind of like, I'm not really sure what their, what their end goal is. Um, to get renewed. I feel like they're probably at that point as a show. Gosh, I hope it doesn't just end. Unless, I'm going to be so mad... I don't if it want, just ends? I don't want you to get Lie to Me, which I say because Lie to Me was a super, super underrated show from the mid-2000s. I think it had Tim Roth. I love Tim Roth. But they thought they were going to get renewed, and they didn't, and the show just stopped. Oh, no. It was terrible. That is awful. It's kind of like, uh, did you ever watch Flash Forward? I did not. Oh, my goodness. That was such a good show. And then it... It, it just stopped. It just stopped. Yeah. Oh, I hated it. So, as unsatisfying as season four of Man in the High Castle may be... I hope they at least end the season with some type of resolution and oh. not a massive cliffhanger. Gosh, I hope so. Because you don't want to be in TV limbo and then just never know. No. You, you don't want to get Fireflied. Oh, yeah. And just get That's canceled and then have an unsatisfying movie ten years later. <laughs> Serenity. Ugh. Yeah. Well. So other, other news. What other news do we have? The Call of Duty Battle Royale is supposed to release, uh, let's see if you're listening to this release day, tomorrow... February 18th is the, the data mind date, according to Reddit. So I'm super excited. I've been playing a lot of Call of Duty. Season 2 started, it'd be this past week. So I've probably played too much Call of Duty, um, if we're being entirely honest with ourselves. It's okay. You were saying that you had almost 100%ed Fallen Order. I have gotten very close. Do, um, do you have a percentage, or are you just going to leave with very close? No, I'm. I really want to get 100%. The problem is, is that some of these planets, the map is so complex that it's really. That's one um, complaint I will have about the game is the map is very hard to navigate because they give you a hollow map, a oh. three three dimensional hollow map. Oh, those are tricky. And so you're like, you know, you're having to move the map around, but there's no way that you can set like a waypoint. Really? Yeah. And so that's what I want to do. Like, I keep, like, in the game, I, I keep pressing A. 
because I want there to be a little waypoint. There's got to be a mechanism to set a waypoint. Maybe I'm looking over it. Every single open world game I've ever played. Well, and see, that's the thing, though, is that that it's not completely open world. Like, it is, but it isn't. And so it just, it really irritates me because, like, I'll be trying to get to this one place and I'll make a wrong turn because I looked at the map wrong because it's so complicated. Yeah. But it's not, it's not so incredibly linear like Force Unleashed was, though. No, no. Those were very much like yeah. It's point not a, a, B, no. Point C. There's like point A, and then there's like B, C, D, E, F, G, and you don't really have to go to them in that order. No, uh, uh-uh. you could you could go through F to get to B sometimes. So so the map is difficult, and so there's certain planets. There's one planet I've completed 100. percent there's another planet I've completed 98%, but I opened all the chests. So I'm like, okay, I'm not even going to worry about going back to that one. Yeah. So, but there's a few of them. Like there's one, it's got, I think like upwards of 32 chests. What? And I've only found like 23 of them. So I'm like, man, I don't know where they're hiding, but they are hiding good from me. But I'm thinking that's the, that might be the one that's holding you up. Yeah. <laughs> it's been fun for sure. Uh, and then I downloaded Destiny 2, and I've been playing that some, which I really enjoy, but the loading times take forever. Yeah, it's not, uh, load it and play it and get off. It's a, you've got a couple of hours to kill. Right. So because of that, have not played that as much, but what I have played a lot of is I got, um... Ghost Recon Wildlands. I love Wildlands. That game is amazing. I will say, I was talking to someone, one of the guys I was playing Division 2 with last night, actually. While I love Wildlands, but it is the single most repetitive game I have ever played. Ev- ev- it, it, yeah, it every, can be. Re- every single side mission is mm. set up exactly the same. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, scare this high value target or liberate these people or stop this convoy the only thing that changes is the area that would be that would be my complaint yeah of wildlands but i loved it yeah it it is fun so other than those three games i've also got madden which is a fun game just to kill time if i have play a quick game where is the super bowl next year do they know have they announced? they had to have announced that by now i don't know is it in vegas i wouldn't be surprised but because they're getting their new stadium and everything is it gonna be done well, I mean, I hope so. They're yeah. they're playing next year, so <laughs> they're gonna play at UNLV. <laughs> I was actually just checking to see if we had any messages. I put on, hey, we do have something in the inbox. What do we have? I can't see it. You have the screen facing you. I do. I'm 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 pulling it up right now. Ah, uh, yes, I see you're loading the the uh, Destiny Two, known for its uh, loading times. <laughs> oh, it's just somebody. Oh, somebody gave us a little message saying break a leg for today. Uh oh. Well, luckily, John has already broken his leg. It's true. I had to limp up the stairs to get in here, but you know we're we're doing our best. Y'all sound great. So thank you. You know who you are. <laughs> that almost sounds worse. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you very much. We appreciate all of your feedback. Break a leg. We are. We are doing our best. But yeah, as far as news goes, I think that's really it for me. I didn't really have anything else. Um, I thought talk a little bit more about video games this time just because the movie yeah. that we review is going to be a little bit more about video games yeah well i can do a quick a quick birds of prey if you'd like sure 
So the the local theater down where where I live had six dollar Mondays for the month of February. So I was like, hey, you know what? I wasn't planning to see Birds of Prey. I'm gonna go see Birds of Prey. It's six dollars, whatever. And it is the most R-rated superhero movie I have ever seen. Really? So even worse than maybe Deadpool? Even it's more R-rated than Deadpool. It's more R-rated than like Blade. Really? In my opinion. Wow. Because Blade was dark, but there wasn't necessarily as much profanity or gore because mm. it was 1998 it was a different time um but there it's super profane super gory super graphic really but also still kind of in a comic book way okay so like i cringed a lot like she broke some dude's legs by bending them like the wrong way ah! Oh. And like yeah, it was not great. Oh no. Um so if you can get past stuff like that, the movie itself actually works. You know, it's it's non-linear storytelling because there's all these different characters that end up teaming up at the end, but half of the movie is how do they get there? So, um the 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 thing that got me in the theater more than anything else was Ewan McGregor mm-hmm. as Black Mask cuz I think Ewan McGregor is wonderful. He is pretty good. And um, from my time playing Arkham, Black Mask is a very interesting villain. Mm-hmm. And he's uh, he's nuts. He, I feel like McGregor does a really good job. But the problem I have with it is, again, spoiler alert, as we're prone to do for this podcast, they kill him. They kill him off. They kill him off in one of the most graphic movie deaths I've seen in a while. Oh, wow. Like, he had a grenade in his pocket. Oh, let's not talk about and it. The, and the kids... Let's... That's not? Uh-uh. Okay, so it's super R-rated and there's a grenade. We're going to move on. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> I could see I could see it where it was going, and, and I yeah. did not want to go there. One thing I will, I will definitely praise this movie for, though, because if you've watched Suicide Squad, um, one of the main scenes of that movie is like the, the team-up scene, and Harley Quinn is dressed real provocatively and all that. And she, I really don't feel like she is sexualized in this movie at all. Okay, that is nice. So that was... That's one... Uh, that was actually one of the problems I had with uh, Suicide Squad. I didn't really like the way she was kind of made that symbol. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I would I would go so far as to say I don't think she was really at all. Okay. Because, I mean, there were parts of it when they were in a... I would say more of a bar than a club. Mm-hmm. But as with any socialites, they're obviously going to be scantily clad people of course but i don't believe it was it was a super important plot point or anything like it was in suicide squad right it was just kind of there yeah yeah in the background um one piece of news i did have i forgot about this um until i just looked at my news on my phone um but they have confirmed that it'll it'll um a live action aladdin sequel is in the works and as in like prince of thieves or return of jafar see i don't know because aladdin 3 is great it is and aladdin 2 is forgettable it is uh but they they've said that they're going to they're doing a sequel live action sequel and the writers that they have on to do this is the writers from straight out of compton and flight um the 2012 uh, Denzel denzel washington yeah they're involved in the writing uh, for that. I, I have some questions. Um, <laughs> I probably don't have answers. <laughs> One of these things is not like the others. Yeah. And um, and then also the last piece kind of touches on what we talked about last week with Akira. 
Um, the live action Akira that was made a few years ago, apparently it was terrible. And they have talked about remaking that beloved classic. And rumor has it that uh, uh, Taika Waititi, uh, you know, Thor Ragnarok, mm-hmm. he was going to direct it. He just won an Oscar. He did. And he stated that he thought for sure that a remake would happen one day, but he wasn't sure if he was going to be the one to do it. So he kind of broke up that rumor more as like, I like where you're going with this, but it's probably not going to be me. I feel like there's not a probably in that. I like where you're going with this, but I ain't your guy. Yeah. That's what, that's how I'm getting that. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, it it was, uh, I never saw the live action. I'd, I'd be interested to watch it now that we've seen the movie. I uh, see. I don't know. I mean, it might be good, but they've said it, it doesn't do the movie justice. Which, I believe that. You know, I absolutely believe that. After watching it. Yeah, I can believe that too. Well, very good. That was the news. That was the news. Man, so much better than the news that we're getting on TV right now. I'm not going to say a daggum thing. <laughs> All right, moving on with the show. We are so excited. We are going to be talking about Sonic the Hedgehog today. We actually just saw it maybe an hour ago. Something like that. Thereabouts, I think, yeah. Yeah. So we saw it fresh, and now we're reviewing it. And I am pleased to say that we have a special guest with us today. We have my son, Antonio. Hi. So excited. We thought it would be really good since this was more of a kid movie to have a child with us as we're reviewing. And so here we are. So excited to have you. How you doing, bud? Good. Good. You excited? Yeah. <laughs> you should be. Are you nervous? Yeah. Yeah, I, I am too. Awesome. So usually we give a quick rundown about what happened in the movie. John, do you want to take a stab at it? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty, I it's pretty basic. It's pretty, yeah. Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, beloved video game character. Sega. Exists in some other planetary universe. And he has these powers where he runs super fast, obviously. And he has these rings that he can use to travel from planet to planet to keep ahead of the people chasing him. He ends up on Earth, uh, outside this small town in Montana, Called Green Hills. Green Hills. Aha. Uh-huh. Reference uh, to the game. Oh, see, I didn't know that. Oh, uh, yeah. I've actually never played a Sonic game. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I wow. Have. I'm shocked. Yeah. You have. So you know the Green Hills. Sort of. Was it the... Yeah, it's the track. Yeah, the one that he is running in at the beginning. Right. Exactly. So he's in Montana, and he, in a, in a bout of loneliness, he releases an EMP-like energy... It gets the attention of the government, and the government decides to bring in uh, Dr. Robotnik. Played by Jim Carrey. To, to try to apprehend to apprehend Sonic the Hedgehog, and that is the, uh, the chief conflict of the movie. I was super excited that they were making this. Um, of course, you know, we got that first trailer, and it was um, not at all what I was hoping it was going to be. I had heard, you know, they... I don't know if you remember, John, but they kind of... I've tried to forget. Well, they, they kind of released, like, the way that Sonic was going to look, like, in little pieces, and then they finally revealed the trailer, it dropped, and everybody was like, what is this? He was too humanized. He was. That was a, that was a problem. Like, you could see each individual teeth, 
and it was just, it was just, it wasn't Sonic. I don't know. To me, Sonic has that iconic look. So I don't know why you would change that so much. So they went in, got a boatload of overtime, basically, to re-edit this entire movie. The whole thing. Because it was done, basically, wasn't it? And yeah, they released it was the trailer. It, yeah. was in, it was in post. Yeah. So they listened to the overwhelming feedback. They went through, re redid Sonic, I would say almost top to bottom. Yeah. And that was one of the reasons I wanted to see the movie is because, you know, we were so vocal about, like, the Sonic trailer looks like trash. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, they, you know, I feel like we need to reward them for... All the hard work listening they did. to criticism yeah, and all of that work, yeah, exactly. So let, let's start out with the look first off. So what did you? What did everybody think about the look of Sonic? I liked it. You liked it? Yeah. What did you like most about it? Well, I actually kind of liked like whenever he charged. Okay. I like how like he glowed. Like it was like he still had darker. He still had his normal blue, but then it was also a darker blue with it. Well, it was a dark, I don't know, like a light, dark blue. Kind of like the the lightning effect on it when he would be charged. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because his quills would kind of jolt up with electricity. Yeah. That was kind of like the source of his power, really, was his quills. Mm. It was really interesting to me, um, speaking about his quills, how much they were able to... Like, they were quills, but they were hair, and, like, the the look of them, I feel like, worked really well. It did. I, w- I didn't think it would, and then, like, he would curl up into the ball, and it's like, oh, this this actually works. Yeah. You know, I didn't, I didn't think it would end up looking that good. Yeah, and, and they really did just kind of take, like, the three-dimensional Sonic that they've made, like, in other shows, and just kind of made him look more... Hedgehog realistic i guess (laughs) i don't know yeah more most of the sonics that i can think of don't have like individual quills or spines no it's just it's just kind of a yeah yeah so i feel like that actually worked pretty well it did and so they they redid the whole movie looked really great i thought they did an excellent job um and then uh i think the next thing we should talk about is probably jim carrey's part he is over the top in the most effective way I agree. Like he he's wonderfully over the top, but in a sense that it becomes part of his character. Mm-hmm. What did what did you think about Doctor Robotnik? He was very strange. Yeah. He I, and Antonio leaned over at one point and he goes, "I thought he was called the Eggman," and I was like, "Just wait." They they built to it Just very wait. organically. Yeah, and then sure enough, Sonic's like, "Look at you, Eggman," or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So he's uh, he's told by this wise owl who trained him, basically his Obi Wan Kenobi. He I like, actually he actually said I I liked all the pop culture references uh, throughout the movie. That was fun. He basically yeah he said this is my Obi Wan Kenobi. If Obi Wan Kenobi ate mice and had a beak, yeah. <laughs> and uh, she trains him how to run really fast. She trains him how to use his power. And then she gives him these rings that can transport him. And so he's lived on Earth for 10 years, uh, but he's been staying in hiding, <laughs> creepily living lives with all these people of this town. <laughs> I love the way he explained it, because he he ends up with, with James Marsden's character, 
And he was like, you were stalking us the whole time? Or some some equivalent. And he was like, I wasn't stalking you. I was just, you know, we were we were hanging out. But I wasn't invited. And you didn't know I was there. <laughs> yep. But I was like, that's really not helping your case there. Yeah, not at all. But it was it was a good explanation, and it was a good explanation. You know, um, during interviews that they've had, they keep describing, they keep saying Sonic is like a twelve year old kid, and that was a perfect explanation or a perfect description of him. He acted just like a twelve year old kid. We don't have a twelve year old kid in the room, but he's got it down. Well, there you go. That's all you need to know, according to Sonic. Guess we're guess we're done. That's a good yeah. review. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what about anything else stand out to y'all in the movie? I, I don't know. I, I liked the rings. Um, he could transport anywhere, so he decides that he's going to, you know, the Earth was no longer safe because they were hunting for him. And so he's going to use the rings. He said specifically there was a planet that was covered in mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> and he was going to go to that planet. It was a safe planet. I got really excited. I looked over at you as soon as he said, a mushroom-covered planet. And I was like, John, what? Because the the logical jump there, for anyone who's not following us, is that it would be, you know, that's where Mario is. You know, the Mario plot, universe, whatever you want to call it, would exist on the mushroom planet. And Jay and I talked fairly extensively on the way back from the movie as to how we think you you would build up towards a, a Super Smash Brothers movie in the sense of, like, similar to the Avengers. Mm-hmm. And, because who, who are the main ones from the base game? Because you have Pikachu. Well, I'm thinking of the one from 64. Right. So you had Pikachu, Samus, Luigi, Mario, Fox. Link. Link. Was Cap- uh, was Kirby. Fal- was Captain Falcon in Captain in Falcon was okay. in 64, too. I think that's it, actually. Okay. We're probably forgetting somebody, but probably. that means they're inherently forgettable. Means we're also going to get really angry voicemails and I'll be honest, messages. Part, part of me kind of hopes so. <laughs> I hope so too. Just be like, this is the only person I played in Smash Brothers and you forgot oh, them. You know what? We are forgetting one we talked about on the way home. Fuck. Jigglypuff. Oh, Jigglypuff. Oh, man. Because <laughs> you were like, oh, I always hated that one person that actually played well with Jigglypuff. Jigglypuff. Yeah. Sing it. <laughs> Sing it, Antonio. No, definitely not going to do that. <laughs> so, I mean, logistically, I feel like Mario is probably the hardest one to, to make a movie of. Because Legend of Zelda, there are so many different styles you can make that movie. Yeah, and uh, actually, Antonio and I actually talked about that the other night. You, Why don't you touch on that? Yeah, go ahead. Um. Well, there's so many games that you can't really go just with one game. So you have to, like, just like they did with Detective Pikachu, make a, well, just make a movie based on a different story. But then what they did with the the, um, Detective Pikachu movie is they included part of the Mewtwo story. They did, yeah. So they could do something like that with... uh, Legend of Zelda. Exactly. So we were saying, like, you could do a Zelda story, but just make it an exclusive story for just the movie. And so it could work in a way. Now, the only question I would have is, Link never talks. Mm-hmm. So would he actually just stand yeah. there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or, or, like, what would, you know, like... 
In the new game, um, they do have voiceover for the other characters, which I actually really enjoyed. Um, but they, you know, obviously Link still didn't say anything. Or you just, he kind of like, he doesn't have a voice, but at the same time, like the characters respond to like his body language and they respond to like maybe certain things that he does, you know, like he'll point at something or whatever. And that's how they understand him. Hmm. It's very interesting. So it could work. But yeah, so we were saying, you know, we've even said off the podcast, you and I, John, we've said like you could do like a Psalmist, you know, a Metroid movie, but like make it like in the style of Alien. But of course, you know, it needs to be kid friendly. So make it more like a... Like a PG-13 Alien. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's potential there. Yeah. And so I kind of took that that mushroom planet. I kind of took that as I almost feel like it was almost like a. <laughs> I kind of imagine like a a basketball was thrown to Nintendo to kind of say, "Hey, this is here. If you want to try to connect this somehow." And then Dikembe Nintendo said, "No, no, no, not today." <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. That's not his real name. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, it, it has potential, and it could work. It's just, you, you would have to be very... And, and, you know, you even said you could do a Star Fox movie. See, that is the one that I feel like jumps out the most to me. Especially in the style of Sonic. Mm, definitely. Because if you look at... Like, we talked about how the Mario plot, I feel like, would be really weird. Yeah. Because do you animate it? Do you not? What style animation do you use? Because they've done a live action before. And then <laughs> it famously... Was failed oh it was terrible so but the easiest thing i think to bridge the gap among smash brothers characters would be Star Fox. yeah so that would be my jumping off point but i'm also you know not the creative officer of the nintendo film universe it's a shame they didn't ask yeah, us they didn't ask us to do it no mm-hmm. i don't know who they think they are other than some wildly successful people <laughs> yeah uh but overall the movie was good i really I mean, it wasn't, I think you and I both walked out of there and we were like, well, it wasn't bad. I had, it was significantly better than I expected it to be. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like it was a movie that released in February. Critically acclaimed movies don't typically release in February. No. And I don't think anybody expected this to be just absolutely amazing. Yeah. But for what it was, it was good. Yeah. One thing I will say, like sitting back here and thinking about it. I'm kind of surprised by how few actors in it I recognized. Yeah, besides Jim Carrey and... Um, James Marsden and Neil James McDonough. Marsden. Yeah. That's it. I, you know, I just typically... I guess I've been spoiled by Marvel. Uh, yeah. When everywhere you look, there's a famous person. <clears throat> yep. And Sonic, like I said, there were three people that I knew their face. Yeah. And maybe there were other people, like if I went through the, the cast list, I'd be like, oh, that person was in this. Okay. But... It, that that didn't jump out at me. Or I guess that the fact that no one jumped out at me jumped out at me. <laughs> the right. lack the lack of surprises. Yeah. Of going, oh hey, there's that person. Yeah. Oh hey. Now, this is a question for all of us. Uh oh. Was there anything that you didn't like in the movie? Anything that just really stands out to you? Because I can think of two mm-hmm. things that really bothered me. This is an incredibly precise thing to be critical of. But when the the armed forces committee whatever decides to 
use Robotnik, there was, like, no actual discussion. It was just one dude saying, like, hey, guess what? This is what we're going to do. And it ended up being a terrible, terrible mistake because he, like, destroyed large bits of San Francisco. He basically said, hey, so we're making this movie, and there's this plot that has to happen. And so we're gonna we're gonna use this character just to move this story along. And everybody was like, "Yes, sounds like a good idea." I'm trying to think, because I mean, Antonio, what what did you think? Um, <laughs> the I, microphone is picking I, up the cat from the other room. That's remarkable. <laughs> I didn't. I don't know. I didn't like how Eggman or yeah, whatever his name is, Robotnik. Yeah, that guy. I didn't like how strange he was. Like, all the weird movements and stuff he did. It was just like, is this is this just his character? That's a or, very important question. Um, <laughs> is this just Jim Carrey? Or is this Jim Carrey playing an absurdly intelligent but also incredibly awkward individual? Good question, Antonio. I feel like it's a mix of both, to be honest <laughs> with you. Yeah. He's kind of gone off the off the deep end a little bit here recently. He has. But yeah. I think it worked to his favor. You know, I think he was one of the, I'll say, more entertaining parts of the movie. I'm not going to say he was one of the better parts of the movie. Well, when you see this character in the video games, I mean, he is just... You know that he cannot be a normal person. He's got a little bitty nose and a giant mustache and... These goggles that are super tight on his face. Does he have backstory in the games? Uh, the only, or does he just kind of appear? He kind of just appears, and the backstory that's kind of created for him is he doesn't like people, and he and he wants to turn all of creation into robots. Okay, so they do kind of allude to that. They do, yeah. I thought they did a really good job with his character. You got a thumbs up? Antonio's got a thumbs up. I don't know what that means. Does that mean there's a question or... I don't know. I'm very confused. Are there's, you trying to say mom's home? Yeah. Okay. And I agree about the backstory thing. <laughs> okay. But I have watched some Sonic cartoons, like Sonic Boom, and he does like just want everything a robot, but then he also is just like, I'm just going to destroy everybody on this little island. And everybody's totally okay with that, but then like Aunt Sonic and all his friends are okay with it. But then, when because he never actually does like send any really big things, it's just a bunch of tiny robots, and they're just like, this is definitely not a problem. Mm. Let's just smash them. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. You're welcome. <laughs> the only thing, the only two things that I really didn't like. The first thing was the soundtrack. I thought the soundtrack was terrible. There was not, there was really not anything that was memorable. There was no flow. That's there, definite. And in the and I I honestly wasn't surprised, especially after the first trailer, because the first trailer they used a song that like didn't really fit with the tone of you know you think fast you would think something kind of catchy fast you know maybe some sort of like techno or something i would think almost EDM, or, or yeah. rock or something like that but there there wasn't anything like that and then the only uh the only other thing that really irritated me and and maybe it's because we didn't get any backstory for it but the sister-in-law what was her deal 
I'm not really sure you she, need like, a whole lot of backstory with that. It's she, just like she hated she hated um Tom. Ooh. And she like talked about how bad he was and how her sister needed to divorce him and like I feel like that might just be kind of played off as an interpersonal conflict that like it just, we we need some type of like minor characters cuz like I was saying earlier there are no real memorable character interactions other than main characters yeah so like what minor characters are there that you can even really think of you have robotnik's henchman who i thought was actually very well written mm-hmm. uh agent stone was his name i thought he was i thought he was a good character yeah you have the sister-in-law who is just downright hateful she was it, i don't know it just it really irritated me you have the um. the sheriff's deputy who is, like, dumber than... I'm looking at something in this room I can make an example of. Like, that cardboard... He's dumber than that box. Yeah. <laughs> um, you have Neil McDonough, the army major, who was was the head of the investigation. He plays that a lot, doesn't he? Yeah. But, I mean, he typically plays it well, so I imagine it doesn't matter. Yeah. And, like, that's it. Yeah. So, they just needed some type of character. But that also... If you don't have the sister-in-law, you can't introduce the niece, and the niece gives Sonic those sweet uh, Puma shoes that they definitely had to pay for for them to be in the movie. And the iconic red and white, which Sonic always wears. Yep. I thought the sister-in-law's, the reason she was like that is because whenever he went, it was after he had been on the news, and he was True. like... They were like, he was a criminal. Yeah. And all that. So I, that's what I was... I didn't think about that. It was, a, it was a pre-existing... I think it was too... Because when, when his wife gets to San Francisco initially, and she says like, oh, you know, I'm hanging out with my sister and Jojo. And he's like, well, that sounds half fun. Like, there's already some animosity mm-hmm. there. Yeah. So it's definitely magnified by the fact that he's a national fugitive yeah but i didn't kill my wife (laughs) one of the one of the great ad-lib lines of movies tommy lee jones goes i don't care (laughs) um but it ends it ends pretty cool it ends with uh you know sonic decides to stay on earth and they send um eggman to the mushroom planet and he's stranded there and so we get a little after credit scene. And he's losing his and mind. he has lost it. His mustache is at that frilly, fuzzy, sticking out all over the place. <laughs> and he's actually, he looks like he's kind of gained a little bit of weight. And his suit's like super tight on him. Um, yeah, he's completely nuts. But he's on this mushroom planet. So I think that that's where, you know, we could eventually get a Mario movie and then he could be like in the after credit scene and then it's like okay look see these are connected yeah i would be interested to see in the in the coming what would that be the weeks and months how the reception of this movie is to see if they talk about the development of a sequel or the development of like we're alluding to some other type of tie-in movie because it, it ends in a place where this could be it it could be a one-off and it would end 
satisfactorily. It could, and then at the same time... Um, you could jump off into more. You could, and then also the, we get the after credit scene of Tails. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tails shows up, and he's looking for Sonic. I believe Tails is a she. Oh, is it? I think. Oh. I don't know, because like oh. I said, I haven't really played any I Sonic games. I always assumed Tails was a he. I, yeah. My question about um, Tails is who told Tails about Sonic? Knuckles. It's got to be Knuckles. You think but it was Knuckles? Knuckles, Tails, none of, the, none of those characters were on that island like he never says oh yeah i had i have these friends too true i don't know that's true someone knows and it didn't seem like there was some type of threat like tails was like hey i'm gonna go find him it wasn't like a i'm gonna find him like no it was not a menacing there was no menace in it no no guy like shadow 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 the hedgehog yeah yeah it could be that shadow ends up being the villain the next villain and they're needing help and stopping him. So that could be it. Yeah. We shall see. But I, overall, what? Did you have a final thought? I just, I think it would be cool if Shadow's in the, if they make another one. I think it would be cool if Shadow's in there, because I think Shadow's a cool character. Yep, that would be cool. Shadow's and I would like to see Knuckles. Yeah, Knuckles. Because he's a, he's not a hedgehog, he's a... Echidna. Excuse you. I don't know. I've always pronounced it echidna, but I could be wrong. Oh. A groundhog. Oh, he's like a, he's a different kind of animal? Yes. Oh. He's he's Knuckles the echidna. So Tails is what, a two-tailed fox? Fox, yeah. It's very Japanese. I always thought Tails had three tails. Mm, I I feel like I've seen that. But I also, so so Tails Uh can fly, and so Tails goes to fly and find Sonic. And I couldn't get out of my head, like, how does Tails fly without the tails just, like, winding up and spiraling together and, like, braiding and then just falling out of the sky like Wile E. Coyote? <laughs> I couldn't unthink that as the credits were going. Video game magic. That's, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Video game logic. Oh, gosh. It's among the worst logics. It is. From all the games that I've played. Yes. Sometimes you get floating people for no reason. That's right. Yeah, that happened. Oh, I'll have to show you the recording. But I was playing Fallen Order, and there was a huge glitch. And I fell down a canyon, and I fell through the canyon and into just this blue space. (laughs) And I was just falling, falling, falling. And I started, like, waving my lightsaber around and... He finally died. (laughs) I hope you had a checkpoint recently. Like, that sounds rough. Yeah, it was pretty bad. I mean, eventually I hit some sort of invisible ground and appeared back where I was, but (laughs) it was crazy. Um, Well, uh, any final thoughts on... Not really. I'm looking at um, Wikipedia's list of theatrical live-action video game movies so we can make our creative list. Ah. Uh, but there's not really a great one to put on the, the positive end of the spectrum. There's really not. Detective Pikachu. I would say I would agree with you, Antonio. Detective the, Pikachu the is probably part. the best that I've seen so far. I didn't like the ending of that one very much. I actually never saw it. I did not it's, see Detective Pikachu. It's pretty good. I'll, I enjoyed it. You really liked so it. So what would you... I there... liked the part where he was singing. He was just sad. Yeah, singing the uh, theme song. He's just like crying. Yeah. 
but they're sitting in. So it looks like there are a lot of ones we could put as the, the low end of the spectrum, but since we already talked about it, I or feel Resident like... Resident Evil? Super Mario Brothers should be... It, like, on oh, a scale of yes. Super Mario Brothers to Detective Pikachu. Okay, we can do that. I'm looking through the list. I'll go first since I'm looking at the list. Okay, I don't um, really know where to put it. <laughs> I'm having to look real hard. Um, I'm going to say Lara Croft Tomb Raider. The first one with Angelina Jolie. Because it's not bad. Huh. It just works in the sense of you'll appreciate it more if you've played the game. Okay. So that is where I will rate it on a scale of Super Mario Brothers to Detective Pikachu. It is Tomb Raider. Hmm. I would put it at... I don't know. Yeah, it's a really weird list. Because they're all... There was a Portal movie? There was? Oh, Postal. Oh. Like, how do you make a Portal movie? That's got to be really weird. Oh, Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time. I'll put it with that one. Because that was not bad. Like, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, I'll put it there. Well, all right. Yeah. Cool. Antonio, you haven't seen any of these. So. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, if you were... Well, why don't, why don't you do it on a scale of 1 to 10? Where would you put it? 1 being really bad and 10 being the best you've ever seen. With the movies movie. that no. have been a game? Uh, well... Oh, just in general. Just in general, yeah. I know... You're not really sure? I mean, I'd you came it, home and you're like, it was the best movie ever. I would, I because I like Sonic a lot, and I also like Detective Pikachu. Okay. So, like, I'd put Sonic on nine. A nine out of ten? Yeah. Okay. There you go. There you go. I there you go. Got the source from the kid. List. Got it on a nine. Yes. Very good. I was, so you really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah? You started to fall asleep at the beginning. Yeah, I was kind of like, that's what I always do. You literally started to lay down across the seats in the theater. (laughs) I just, I like the action parts, and if there's not action, I'm just like, ugh. That's true. That's boring. I'm the same way with books. Well, you did that with uh, Endgame, too. Mm. Oh, Endgame had a lot of plot. In in game, he I remember the first half of the movie. He actually like st- I think you stood up at one point, like okay, I'm kind of ready to leave now. Um, <laughs> um I whenever I was like kind of listing them on a ranking, like Detective Pikachu one, Sonic two, I was gonna say ten, and I've heard that there's been like Minecraft movies and stuff. Really? Yes. Oh. And shows. They must be fan made. Mm. Oh, so I, would, I wouldn't think there's been a theatrical release, but no. you can do anything in Minecraft. And I was going to say, because I've heard that people say, oh, they're the best, but they're just the people who play yeah. Minecraft, and they're, like, really, really serious. Yeah. And they build, like, cities and stuff. Wow. But I've I've heard from other people that it's really not good, so... Well, thank you, Antonio, for joining us on our review. Really enjoyed it. Uh, you're welcome. Yeah. It was fun. Good. Well, maybe we'll have to have you back for uh, something else. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. Have a good day. Okay. You too. <laughs> I had to think about it. I'll, 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 I'll see you at dinner. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what a guy. <laughs> that was fun. That was fun. Yeah. Well, um... 
Thank you, everybody, for joining us. We actually, I am going to pull up a recording because we had a, a somebody actually call in. All right, so I got a phone call from a listener, and I thought that we could go ahead, while John and I were here together, we could go ahead and listen to what he has to say. He actually had some stuff to say about our MCU in review. So this is our call. Hi guys, this is Colin from Parts Unknown. I enjoy the show and want to take the opportunity to share some thoughts on your MCU review. I know that's several episodes back, but uh, I figure there's never a wrong time to drop truth bombs. That's true. So with that said, so shut up, gentlemen, because you have incoming. To begin, Captain America cannot be the worst Phase One film, Jay, because of one simple feature. Stab at the me. punching Hitler in the face. Ah, yes. That's right. The embodiment of freedom punches the embodiment of evil and tyranny in the face, not just once, not just twice, but multiple times. Excellent point. Any movie showing such a visceral representation of America triumphing over fascism can't be at the bottom of any list. In all seriousness, I expected First Avenger to be too cheesy to enjoy, but even though it can lean into the camp it still finds a way to thrive. Fair point. Steve struggled to find meaning as he sidelined on a Bond tour struck a note with me. Steve represents a project that the military was actually able to successfully complete, but yet then completely misapplied. Bureaucratic malfeasance at its best, displayed in all its glory. I'm also just a sucker for a protagonist that can cue to a moral compass regardless of the consequences. It's one reason I enjoy hero movies, watching something you can aspire to be but probably won't ever reach. John, I initially agreed with you that Captain America was the best three-part series. Winter Soldier is excellent. Indeed, one of the best of the He's MCU. coming after you, John. I know, Civil War I deserve is it. Top tier as well. Shame on you, Jay. <laughs> Dark World drags the Thor series down to a point that that not even the thoroughly enjoyable Ragnarok could bring it back up. However, upon rewatch, I don't think the Iron Man series receives enough love. Tony Stark's development both within his three-part series and the wider MCU surpasses... Looks like you have something to say. Tony Stark is abs... Oh, man. Did he not hear the part where I said he's the most overrated... Was he... I said overrated hero, right? I don't know if you said overrated, but you definitely said that he's, like, the reason for everything. Apart from, like, Thanos existing in general, like, he causes Ultron, he causes Civil War, like, he causes all of these rifts. I don't see how you can, like, I'll applaud the plot of Iron Man 3, where his chief enemy is himself, in the sense of, you know, working through his, his trauma, and that, like, that's very admirable, and... You know, given more time and more rewatches of that movie, I appreciate it more. Sure. But I still think that Tony Stark is wildly overrated. There you go. Let's see what he has to say about it. I'm scared. That of any other character. He progresses from selfish playboy to selfless protector of the universe. We see him grow from arrogant loner in Iron Man to tentative team player, Iron Man 2, because he could have deactivated Rhodey's armor, to wary prepper in Iron Man 3 to coalition builder in Civil War and Endgame. 
His relationship with Pepper grows more meaningful with each film as she grows from assistant to Stark Industries CEO to wife and mother of his child. Tony's motivations change from brash displays of his intellect and technological advancement to protecting those closest to him. The entire arc of the MCU is built upon the redemptive story of Tony becoming a man willing to give up everything to save everyone. He is the best MCU hero because he is the linchpin of the MCU. Yes, Cap changes from idealist to pragmatic rule breaker, and Thor is humbled, but neither change is as profound as Tony's. In Endgame, we find a man that has peace in his life through the family he's built, but he risks that to help others. He makes peace with Cap, who totally should have told him earlier about Bucky killing his parents. Shame on you, Cap. Ultimately, there's a reason why Stephen Strange saw only one successful outcome in the fight against Thanos. At the same time, though, do you not think there were other successful ones, and that's just the one that Stephen Strange selfishly wanted? Uh... From, a, from an MCU conspiracy theorist standpoint... Do you think there are successful fights against Thanos where Tony Stark lives? I don't know. I mean, like this is this is the MCU's grassy knoll. Stephen Strange though said that was the only one. At the same time though, how could they not just use the time stone, pause time and just kill Thanos? I don't know. Like, that's what I don't understand, and Thanos references it. He goes, I didn't think this was the real fight, because you weren't using your greatest weapon, which was the Time Stone. Yeah. So, I have some questions about Doctor Strange's mismanagement of well, this it, entire fight. It could be one of those things that, you know, months, years from now, like, everybody will look back and will say, there was some really big plot holes in oh, the absolutely. Marvel Cinematic Universe, which, I mean, nothing is perfect. But it's about as close to perfect as you can possibly get. Especially when you have 23 well, movies following the same plot. And time time travel gets so complicated and messy. Uh, it, it's too... It's There's just too much going on. So I will, I will say, though, that I respect the argument of Tony Stark's development across... All of his movies. Yeah. The Iron Man movies and the Avengers movies. Yeah. I respect it, but I still don't want to see him as the hero. Yeah. Because he's so divisive in the middle of it, and he's so essential in the beginning of it. I'm just not sure the sacrificial nature of the end redeems his middle. Yeah. I agree. Tony did not overreact to the Chitauri invasion. He was the only member of the team who went through the portal and saw the threat that was coming. The Avengers were losing the battle when the U.S. government launched a nuclear missile at Manhattan. Tony alone was able to steer said missile through the portal and thereby avoid a catastrophic catastrophic really loss of likes life. Tony. Hundreds of thousands, if not millions, would have died if not for him. The rest of the team could only say, uh-oh, what now? As they watch Tony steer the missile through the... Talking about the missile. So, Hulk... Do you think Hulk could survive a nuclear blast with all the gamma? Okay, so if you're going by the comic book, yes. Okay. Hulk can survive anything, because his body uh, 
like adjusts do you and think, evolves. Do you so think that it can Thor survive. could survive a nuclear blast? No. Why not? I just don't think he could. Because <laughs> <laughs> obviously, assuming Tony doesn't get the missile rerouted through the wormhole, like Hulk lives. I want. I really do want to think Thor lives. I just don't really have an argument why, other than I want him to. But like all of the human heroes are the R.I.P. You bit the dust. Yeah. Well, like twelve movies earlier than you did anyway. And just something that could just bring up a whole other can of worms is like Hulk puts on the gauntlet at one point, you know, to do the snap to bring everybody back. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I wonder, like, could Thor have done that? Because he's a god. Like, could he have done that just as easily as Hulk or better? Because Hulk still got hurt. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Questions. Questions. Questions that need answers. Not from us. Tony saw the scale of the threat confronting Earth and only narrowly avoided death. His logical response was to build an army as he also worked through PTSD from the battle in Iron Man 3. When he found that that army interfering with his relationship to Pepper, he gave it up, exhibiting character growth. I think the problem for me with, I mean, I get what he's saying. I get what Colin, thank you, Colin, by the way, for this call. Um, I get what he's saying, but at the same time, I don't like those movies. (laughs) So it makes it hard for me to like, uh, like, to defend what he's saying because I, t- I didn't enjoy those movies at all. I will say having listened to having listened to his uh, pro Iron Man dissertation, um, I kind of wish that Pepper had been more of a player in like she had more of a role mm-hmm. in the MCU because as it is, I mean she's one of the more important minor characters, but that's what she is. She's a minor character right. So if you were to say, you know, Tony's relationship with Pepper as an entity shows his growth. Like, looking back, it kind of makes you wish that day they had done, like, in Iron Man two and a half, Tony and Pepper rom-com. Like, that seems like the movie the MCU is missing. Yeah. Because their relationship, there are peaks and there are valleys, but everything in between isn't really shown on screen. Yeah. Because when he announces the... Even the engagement. Yeah. Or when he announces the grant at, where's the MIT? Yeah. He's like, "Uh, yeah, Pepper was supposed to be here. We're not doing so hot. And then they don't ever really, really talk about why. Yeah. It's just kind of assumed, like, his hero stuff has taken a front seat and she's taken a back seat and she's not thrilled. Yeah. And then it's just kind of that will they, won't they, will they. They were the Ross and Rachel of the MCU. Yes. Except not nearly as annoying. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. They were pretty annoying. Have you annoying. watched Friends? Um, not. I've actually never seen all of Friends. Okay. Well, like Friends is what I watch in the commercials of what I'm actually watching. Uh, Sarah and I actually tried to re-watch all of the Friends series before it left Netflix. Couldn't do it? I couldn't do it. I told her, I said, I can't do this because I hate Ross and Rachel so much. <laughs> so, yeah. There you go. Yeah. 
but it originated in a desire to prepare for greater threats and protect those he loved. The AI he tries to develop is a logical step in that progression. Did it result in Ultron? Yes, but Tony was doing what he thought to be right, just as Cap would later do. Sokovia was a disaster, but debate about the role of enhanced individuals was coming. The Battle of New York left swaths of destruction. The incident in Lagos could have been replicated dozens of times as enhanced individuals operated without any rules of engagement. When power is concentrated in private hands, governments take action. You need only look at the regulatory scrutiny that big tech is receiving. The idea that governments must attain a monopoly on violence is part of what makes them legitimate if I'm not butchering my understanding of Hobbes and Leviathan. Enhanced individuals would remove such a monopoly. Private armies and mercenaries have long been recognized as threats to legitimate government. Additionally, Hydra remnants already had Loki's staff. Wanda and Peter were going to be in, unleashed regardless of Tony's actions. Indeed, their interaction with Ultron ultimately pushed them to the Avengers' side. Cap's views of the Sokovia Accords was Cap's view of the Sokovia Accords was colored by his experience in Winter Soldier, not Tony's fault. Tony was just the first to recognize that responsible boundaries should guide the Avengers' actions. Again, his transformation again exhibiting his transformation from irresponsible to responsible. None of this mentions Thanos was coming regardless. Again, not Tony's fault. Tony's transformation is both more profound than Thor's and has wider-ranging consequences. Natasha, meanwhile, sees very little transformation. She's an undercover spy on mission when we first meet her, and she's merely completing the mission when she dies. She bumps through the MCU being whatever a particular filmmaker needs her to be. Her flirtation with Tony early on are part of her cover, but her romantic pivot from Steve to Bruce is odd. Winter Soldier does hints in chemistry, don't deny it. Natasha is a fairly flat character in an otherwise rich universe. In summary, First Avenger is not the worst Phase 1 movie. Iron Man is the best three-part series because of Tony's transformation and the clever Mandarin twist. The clever Mandarin twist? Like, ugh. That's like, no. It's not clever. It's terrible. It was such a letdown. It's like they ran out of movie and they were like, oh, what do we need to do? We need to do something. Uh, it's not him. Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah. Ugh. Colin, I think we can disagree with you there. <laughs> and honestly, Colin, this is just... Being honest, I think most people would disagree with you there. I mean, he makes a lot of really good points. He does. And I'm not going to try to sit here and deny them. A lot of, I mean, not a lot of, all of what we said is opinion-based. Oh, well, of course. And this is Colin's opinion. Yeah. And then the nature of opinions, you can't tell someone their opinion is wrong. No. So I can say I disagree. I just disagree with it. Yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of things I disagree with, <laughs> but at the end of the day, I respect the opinion. Yeah. I think... That if there's no, uh, so Wanda and and Peter would have been unleashed regardless, but if there's no Ultron, then they don't get the direction to go back to the Avengers side is a very valid point. Yeah. And then, so if Wanda never goes to the Avengers side, Lagos never happens. Right. At least not in the way that it does. Yeah. But you reference like PMCs and mercenaries, 
who's to say that that's not what the Avengers would become? Right. And that's what that's what Steve's point was. He was right. like, I'm not going to be a part of this. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's not that's not who I am. And one of the chief um, conflicts that I have with that's not the right word. I can't think of the right word. One of the things I dislike most about Civil War is how Iron Man just initially goes like, this is the only way it can be. There can be no debate. I'm right. Everyone else is wrong. I feel like that's a very, it feels like a very Tony Stark stance to have. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, when you leave no gray area, you invite conflict. Yeah. So in that sense, he might have been doing what he thought was right. And I believe that to be the case. But at the same time, he created an unnecessary conflict by not willing to assemble the Avengers. Yeah. And say, you know, we think this is the right path to go down. We don't necessarily think this is the right way to do it. Yeah. So we want to have our leadership sit down with their leadership and talk through this rationally instead of like, here's an ultimatum, take it or leave it. Well, if you give someone an out, they're going to take it. Like if you say, you don't have to do this, deuces. Right. Yeah. So I would be really interested to see some of your points Colin addressed in a what if in in the Disney Plus what if series. Uh-huh, yeah. So like what if Tony Stark hadn't made it back from the from the wormhole. Mhm. You know, I don't know if that's going to be one of the plots or not. That'd be a good one. Um, you know, what if Hydra Cap would be a really interesting one. Um I don't know, some some good talking points for sure. Yeah. So why? Because it subverted your expectations. Just like they did in Star Wars. Well, I hated it in Star Wars. I loved it in Iron Man 3. Go figure. And Tony is the best hero. Quantifiably false. <sighs> but, on the positive side, you were both correct that Winter Soldier is the best Phase 2 film and Dark World is the worst sequel. Anyway, enjoy what you're doing, guys. Keep up the good work. And can't wait to hear what you come out with. All right, thank, thank you, Colin. Thank you very much. Lots of, like I said, lots of things to talk about for that. Yeah. I feel like MCU is going to be our longest impacting episode because everyone so. like it's been around for so long. Everyone has an opinion, yeah, and everyone's opinions are so different. It's awesome. It is. It's great. That's what makes this world fun. So, well, thank you, Colin, for that. And uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to be on the air, on the air, we're not on the well, kind of. If you want to be on the podcast like Colin. Uh, you can contact us through our anchor page. It's they didn't ask us. Well, no, it'll be anchor.fm slash they didn't ask us, and you can leave a voice message on there. Um, Colin and I actually happen to be friends, so he actually just texted me a recording. <laughs> so, uh, but I'm not going to give out my number. I have looked into that though on getting us like a like a business line. Yeah. Yeah. And just leaving voicemails I on feel there. like as long as we have a link that works, it would be more practical to just use what we have. Yeah. Well, so uh, you can send us that way. Of course, you can always John, how else how else can they uh, contact us? Well, we have an email that I am notoriously bad about checking, I'll be honest with you. Same here. It is uh, gmail.com slash they didn't ask us. Uh, no capitals, no punctuation. And um, that's also our link on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash they didn't ask us. 
all lowercase, no punctuation. Uh, we would love it if you would reach out. Um, if you have any suggestions of something you want us to look into, I know um, Skyfall, No Time to Die is coming up. I don't know if they're, are they going to be the same episode or are they going to be separate? Uh, we should probably do the same episode, yeah. Okay. So that'll be end of March. We still have middle of March to, to come up with. So if you have something you want us to look at, uh, something to read, something to watch, uh, let us know. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'd, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to. In fact, our previous episode, the episode before this, that's what previous means, was... <laughs> uh, that was actually a suggestion from a listener. He recommended us do... Uh, review Akira. Akira? Not, not Akira specifically. He was just trying to tie in right. the the well, overlap between like anime manga fandoms to comic book nerd fandoms, and the overlap is there. I just kind of wish that we had done a movie I could philosophically understand. I understood the translation of it, but philosophically, I have no idea what was going on in that movie. <laughs> Well, uh, yes, and, and so thank you very much for tuning in again this week. Uh, we love to hear from you. S- reach out to us. Uh, share us with your friends, your family. Um, listen to us on the go. We release an episode the first and third Monday of the month. Um, now, March actually has a bonus Monday, so we're going to have a bonus episode. That's when John was talking about uh, reviewing um, Skyfall and... Did we want to review... No Time to Die? No Time to Die. I really... Like, I'm going to see it regardless. So. Yeah, so we might as well <laughs> review that one too while we're at it. I'm so excited for that movie. <laughs> and uh, so yes, so we are very much looking forward to that. Um, but until then, everybody, you stay safe out there and nerd out. Nerd out. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of They Didn't Ask Us. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns, you can reach out to us at theydidn'taskus at gmail.com. You can also reach us on our social media. Our newly created Facebook account, facebook.com slash theydidn'taskus. While you're there, uh, feel free to like our posts, follow our page, and share our content with your friends. We'd love to have you. Check back with us in two weeks to hear more ramblings and opinions from your new favorite podcast. Bye.